This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Bratz with Longleaf Reptilia, and you're listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast. Part of the Herpeticulture Network. Kick it off. Ruin you are old Schmith Eye. Schmillium. I'm ready. So, welcome, everyone. How come you don't ever do that? Why don't like you? Like the intro part. What episode is this? 137? 136. 136. Welcome, everybody. I'm keeping that in, too. Just so you know. This is <laughs> the Herpeticulture Podcast. I am part of the Herpeticulture Network. My name is Jacob Bratz, Longleaf Reptilia. I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And today... <laughs> you weren't expecting that. You got to uh, up on you? Yeah, no, you really snuck <laughs> up on me. I didn't even think about that. Um, first and foremost... Oh, God. <laughs> <coughs> wow. Okay. This is going splendorous. Um, don't, don't smoke cigarettes, kids. No. See, I'm actually... I'm, I'm, I, I'm oh, a, don't, I don't have any cigarettes. Don't I don't have cigarettes. I'm not... I, I'm trying to quit smoking cigarettes. So, the, so first and foremost, this show is brought to you by Steve's Snakeshuary of Venom with Venom Hot Sauce. And yeah. Steve's Snakeshuary, where he takes in uh, unwanted snakes and abandoned snakes and all that good he stuff. Relocates, he, he relocates. He edumacates. He does edu- educational shows and goes to various events in his area. He's also a firefighter. Um, he makes hot sauce and this is Venom Hot Sauce. Check it out if you're a hot sauce connoisseur. And who does hot sauce better than Louisiana? Nobody. I don't think anybody. Oh. Except for maybe the Latin Americas. Yeah. I, think I don't know. They might have, That'd be the only competition. Maybe Texas. I don't know. No. Either way, cottonmouth sauce is where it's at. That's the yeah. one you need to get. That's the one you need to grab. Um, but just grab all of them and pick a favorite for yourself. Get we just set. like the cottonmouth sauce. And then when you're finished with them, you have nice decorations. They are cool little them. bottles. You know what would be awesome is if you took those bottles and you grew like plant clippings out of them, like you rinse the bottles out. That would be pretty cool. And you just put some plant clippings in them and let them. You could put them in snake enclosures. You could put them in snake enclosures and stuff. I don't know. Until yeah, I guess over. so. Oh, Until a dart frog tank, which kind of like half cool. buried, maybe with some like algae or something you growing could fill it up with dirt and then just make like a little pocket on top where like they could like plant like lay eggs and stuff i don't know, I don't know. The, the sky's the limit yeah you can use uh, it for anything you know it's, sure this is laundry detergent yeah. oh, put yeah. it on tacos yeah laundry detergent sure so you need to do a cleanse you just drink a bottle mm-hmm. clean your right out yeah but uh this episode, we are joined by Mr. Chris Sexton of Heli Guy Serpents. What's happening? What's going on, guys? What's going on, man? So I was telling him before we started and before you got here, Jake, that I've been meaning to have him on for a while. Mm-hmm. It's just because of like people you've talked to about coming on and other people that we've talked to about coming on and schedules and lining things up and whatnot. Yeah. It just hadn't happened yet, but... Um, me doing a little bit of marketing work for Black Box, and then you were messaging back and forth with, with Jen. And so I was like, oh, yeah, we need to have Chris on. And so here we are. So Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity. Always um, good to sit around and talk snakes. 
Yeah, man. Always. I'm very interested to time. hear your sort of perspective on things because you you're you're fairly heavy into balls, but you've also got a good you know a lot of moralia, and so I'm always curious the guys that that sort of straddle that fence like what it's like you know in terms of the communities and stuff because i feel like there there's there's a lot of separation sort of in those camps there typically are um they're definitely very different person uh uh personalities we'll put mm-hmm. it that way the question is who's cooler we're not well, we're gonna get to that there you go okay we'll dive into why <laughs> chondros are the coolest of all the morelia crowd too yeah okay um, Aurelius, knobs. My answer there might surprise yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> um. So what's the, uh, just jumping into sort of general intro stuff, uh, just a sort of a, I guess a quick background of, of how you got into herps and. Well, uh, it's a little different. Give us the it's story. It's a little different than the average okay. um, herper in America. I mean, I did grow up liking reptiles and, and um, dinosaurs and all that fun stuff, but I didn't have ready access in my backyard. Um, I, we moved around a lot. My dad had a job that, you know, he built and built and remodeled wastewater treatment plants, and they don't build a new one of those in every town every year. Oh, wow. So we moved a lot. So I didn't really have a steady place where yeah. I could just go out in the backyard or regular routes to go herping. And um, my uncle owned some land in Southern Indiana and I spent some summers there and, and free time there. And I, you know, but we were the kids that sat out back with a 22 pistol shooting at the frogs, not trying to catch them. Um, <laughs> oh, <geez. my> perspective, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I told you it's a little different than the average herper, but yeah. my perspective on reptiles changed. I was trying to figure out exactly how old I was. I'm thinking it was third or fourth grade. Um, my parents took me to the Indianapolis Zoo, and I can still remember walking into the reptile house. And right there in the middle of the entryway to the reptile house, the Indianapolis Zoo, of course, this is 80, well, if I was fourth grade, fifth grade, what is that? Eight, nine years old. So that was yeah. 87, 88 range. Um, they had a, a probable wild caught green tree python set up in this nice, um, it seemed like a large enclosure at the time. I was eight, who knows? Um, but I still remember it sitting in that iconic perch position. And that was like, mm-hmm. okay, I want one of those. And my mother looked at me and said, those will kill you. They're poisonous. You can't have one. Yeah. Still remember to this day because I still rub it in her face when I turn my proof she was wrong. <laughs> but, um, but that sort of like got me into it. And then mm-hmm. in fifth grade, sixth grade, yeah, sixth grade, my science teacher was also a um, rescue worker for um, Indiana Department of Natural Resources. He did um, rehabilitation and uh, rescues of, of injured and abandoned wildlife. And uh, he had a ball python in his room named Monty. And that was our reward. If you did well on a test or well on a, on a homework assignment, you got to hold the snake for the day. Nice. And uh, that really set the hook. I drove my parents nuts <laughs> asking about reptiles. Um, they wouldn't get me a snake, but they did let me buy, run out. I, this is sixth grade. Went to the local, the, the local pet store. Bought a green iguana baby, uh, <laughs> put it in a 10-gallon glass cage, glass tank. Everything they tell you now is absolutely wrong. We did it. But that green iguana lived until I was 15. Um, lived a, a good few years. Um, oddly enough, the day before my stepmother moved in, it died. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're, we'll talk about That's a different conspiracy for another night. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> so then that, we, we were reptile-free house until I moved out. And literally the first thing I did when I moved out on my own, before I paid my first month's rent, I went and bought a snake. There you go. 
So that was food, 90, clothes, 98? furniture. No, 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 none no, of that matters. No, no, no. First order of business. I bought a baby Burmese python from the local hobby shop that a friend of mine's father owned. What a nice. first snake. Oh, yeah. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> that was 98. Before but wait, I there's left, more. Before I left Indiana in 2001, I had acquired an adult albino green Burmese, which in 2000, you can imagine what that meant. Um, they were they mm -hmm. were still kind of new then. And then we had three, of course, the, the, at the time, everything was a red tail. They didn't have the, in the hobby, in the small town hobby store, we didn't have any designation on subspecies. So I had three red tails, a rescue boa that someone had put a rubber band around its neck and left, no, ball python, excuse me, that someone had put a rubber band around its neck forever. And it had grown around that rubber band, so it couldn't, full of grown oh, adult ball python, couldn't eat geez. anything bigger than a small mouse, couldn't get it past its, its neck. And then um, we had a Flemish giant rabbit. Um, we had a um, husky wolf pup hybrid puppy and three ferrets. Um, my best friend made me a sign for my front door that called it, called me the sexted menagerie. And uh, <laughs> we had a little of everything. It was great. I've got a, a, a the, the Flemish giant was litter box trained. She had free run of the house. She thought she was a cat. I had more trouble with the ferrets than the, than the rabbit. <laughs> And then nice. I moved home in 2001, uh, fell on my face like all kids do, um, and had to move home. Home then meant Columbus, Ohio. My dad had been relocated again. And my mother said, no, you can't bring all that with you. So we rehomed what we could. Um, a good friend of mine took the larger snakes, and um, the little uh, my roommate took the small, uh, and the mammals and the small stuff. Yeah. And I moved to Columbus, and then I was probably... 2017 when I got back into snakes. So it was a pretty big gap there. Yeah. Always yeah. wanted them, but you know, I met my wife. We had kids pretty quick. Mm -hmm. She was apprehensive about it. I had to get to a point where it made sense. So did you, in that gap though, were you still sort of paying attention to things in the oh, hobby? Oh yeah. Was still, still <laughs> involved the hobby, in the not so side of it? Not so much. The hobby didn't exist at the level I thought it did that it, that I, I didn't think the hobby existed at a level that it actually did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of stumbled back into it a few years. Uh, it's probably had to have been, my daughter was old enough to walk. So it had to have been 2012, 2013. I drove by the local fairgrounds. They were having a reptile show. We're like, what is that? Let's go look. And me and my daughter walked through it. And we're just, first time I saw a pied ball python, I was like, what is that? And, you know, um, more than just an yeah. albino Burmese, you know, the different, you know, this is 2012, they had a lot of mutations. Mm -hmm. ball, py ball pythons had already blown up. It was most of the show. But they had iguanas. They had um, small monitors. They had, you know, tables and tables and tables of ball pythons at this little local county show, county fair, fairgrounds. So that kind of rekindled things, got me looking into it, started doing some research. Uh, fast forward a couple of years, um, good friend I was working with, at this point, I'm really thinking about it. I'm talking about it a lot, I'm talking about the guys I used to work with. Man, I really miss having these big snakes. It was a lot of fun. Um, and one of the guys I work with heard all that. Guess he thought he wanted snakes too. We went to the local pet store, bought a ball python, complete setup, the whole shig, took it home, didn't tell his wife he was doing this. Ooh. Got it all home. Wife said it's me and the snake. Well, the pet store said he could return the cage, but he couldn't return the snake. So I ended up fostering the snake in my office at work at a car dealership. Um, 
and uh, I was completely half the sales guys have fish tanks on their desks. The office brings their cats and dogs to work with them. We're very pet friendly, but it's still a car dealership. Reptile is a little extreme, but they let me they let me have it there. It stayed in my office for three, four months, and then um, it got outgrew the, the tank it was in, so I brought it home. And Monty lived in my daughter's room for a while, and one snake turned into two, turned into five, turned into twenty. You know, it's pretty quick. So from February 2018, 2017 to I'd say end of the year 2018, we were we were already knocking on fifty animals. So and then it's it's doubled since then. But nice. so not quite the typical road to reptiles. Mm -hmm. uh, always always been open to them, never been afraid of them, but just never really I didn't grow up catching garter snakes in the backyard. That's my nephew. He still does that to this day. Mm -hmm. Um but I always appreciated them. That's awesome. Nice. So where did the, the heli guy serpents, are you a helicopter? Every time I tell this story, I, I tell myself. I'm sure you, you've come up with... been asked that every time you've been on a, on a show, but it's, it's just too, too different to not. It is. And <laughs> you'd think I'd have a better way of explaining it, but it's the blending of two of my hobbies for the last 11 years. I've, I have traveled all over the country, um, building, setting up tuning and flying in competitions um large scale remote control helicopters i'm talking oh. helicopters with seven and eight foot discs these aren't the little target specials you you, you see mm -hmm. i um i have a kind of a technical mind you know I'm, an, I'm a computer science uh major i work in a technical field and the mechanics that make them fly comes pretty naturally to me mm -hmm. um at one point in my life i was gonna let the air force teach me how to fly helicopters and I uh, failed the physical and wasn't able to get in, in shape in time. So I, that didn't happen. So the remote control stuff allowed me to scratch that flying itch, mm -hmm. even if I wasn't flying. And I proved to be pretty good at setting them up. Um, I never won any competitions as an actual pilot, but I can say that I have built, calibrated, tested, tuned, and set up um, helicopters that were flown by some of the best pilots in the world at the, on the world stage. And that hobby took me all over America traveling. And um, it was a lot of fun. So if you look nice. at my personal YouTube channel, you're going to see a lot of videos. One of my sponsors, my, my main sponsor that paid for the majority of what I did, um, you know, the only way I could afford the hobby, really. Um, one of the things I did for him was help. Um, I didn't write the manuals, but I helped critique the manuals. I helped build prototypes and alpha kits mm -hmm. and film building them due to how-to tutorials and how to build them and set them up. Um, another one of my sponsors had me do a detailed um, walkthrough on how to do set up the, the computers, the flight computers that control them and the gyros. Um, so that stuff all came very naturally to me. So it, I was not the world's best pilot. I was better than average, probably, but not the world's best pilot. But I could make them fly very stably, very consistently. And that, that opened a lot of doors that I couldn't afford to do otherwise. My, my competition speed rig was over five grand. I couldn't have afforded that. I couldn't afford that with three small kids without those sponsorships. So it, mm -hmm. nice. it let me, it let me play in a, in, in a, in a, in a world I didn't belong financially. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when I got into reptiles, I was literally, the name came, a good, my good friend, Rob Cherry and Matt Botos, the owner of, of Synergy, the main helicopter company I was flying for. Uh, we were sitting in a Facebook chat, just talking up and I was letting yeah. you guys know I was getting serious about the snakes. And I, I think I'm going to try a little breeding and, um, and Rob, Rob said, so you're the helicopter guy with snakes. I said, yeah. 
and it stuck. Heli guy serpents. I made it serpents instead of snakes because I didn't want to, you know, sound better. But I thought about changing the name to something more relevant to reptiles. I'm not doing COVID pretty much killed the helicopter hobby for me. I've been out of it too long. Um, so I, I don't really do the helicopters as much anymore. Mm-hmm. So I thought about changing the name. It's more, it's more mainstream, but screw it. I'm not trying to be Kabilka. I don't care if they like my name. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> you know, there you go. So, Wouldn't it? And be now nice? people know me by it. You know, I. It, yeah, no, for I sure. Get messages all the time about it. So. So what's the uh, what's the current collection looking like? A little over a hundred animals. Um, ball pythons are probably, including the babies I have for sale, are probably sixty percent of the of the collection right now. Mm-hmm. 60 percent. Without the babies, it's pretty fifty fifty. Um, we've got you know, seven different recessive projects. All of my ball Python stuff is, is wrapped up in, in single and double recessive projects and some, you know, some of the newer codons, acid, stuff like that. Um, hurricane, you know, all that, some of the newer quote unquote hot genes. If you're only going to have a small collection, you know, it's, it's tailored to be some of the, not the crazy high stuff. I'm not spitting out five and seven, five, six, seven gene clowns and, I'm not spitting. I haven't produced my own double double visuals yet, but I've only been doing it at that level for three years. It takes time to grow those animals up. I spent the last two years making my own hats. I'll get there. Um, it's more rewarding the, that way, man. You get making your own enjoyable. and getting where yeah. getting very getting where few you exceptions. Want. Very few yeah. exceptions. I grew all those animals up myself. Yeah, that's that's um, fantastic, man. It's not a hundred percent. There are a few other a few exceptions, but not many. Most yeah, of no, them I, for most sure. Of them I grew up myself. Yeah. And I'm making all those doubles, all those double hats myself because single hats from strangers is scary enough. You know, investing in double head animals for key projects for people you don't know. A, yeah. it's expensive. But double head, you know, double double hats. I wouldn't think they pull some of the value they do, but they do. Um, making them yourself is just easier. It's a longer game, but the difference is I happen to enjoy what I do for a living. I'm not trying to retire in five years on this. Yeah. I don't see myself. I don't see this ever paying my bills 100. percent um, So I, I can really focus on only messing with stuff I really enjoy. I don't have to chase the the money's nice. The but I'm not chasing world firsts. I'm not chasing ten cash clutches a year so I can buy that fifty thousand dollar investment mail. That's not what I'm doing yeah. it for. So. Sure. I don't and know, I get to I drag just... my daughter along with me. She really <clears throat> enjoys the ball python. She does not. She tolerates the carpets. She really loves the inlands. But other than the inlands, she tolerates the carpets. She'd rather clean the cages while I hold them than, than hold the, the carpets. <laughs> but she really loves the ball python. She's got one in her room. She's got a you know a, a female we produced ourselves last year as a pet in her room. Nice. Um, and she shows it off to all of her friends. So she that keeping ball pythons, it's a, it's a means to an end. It helps pay the food bill. It mm-hmm. makes the room fairly self-sufficient. It's not costing me some money. He kicks a little money back here and there um, that I mostly turn around and reinvest in infrastructure. Like, I mean, I got a stack of black box cages behind me. I'm still building, mm-hmm. you know, but um, ball pythons scratch the genetic itch. You know, it's fun to see the pretty white and yellow snake crawl out of the egg. I just, I don't know how people keep up with it, you know, especially when we're talking about keeping up with the morphs and sort of the latest and greatest and, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know if you're a Magic the Gathering guy or not, but anybody used who, to be who I, is I used to, used like to be. The, 
keeping up with the standard format, which is what like the professionals play and stuff and having to make sure all your cards are legal and within a certain like block and set range. And yeah, I just, there's I guys I would shell out so much money each time new sets came and, you know, it's just unbelievable. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I'm not shelling out hundreds of dollars to just to keep up with, you know, what's current. And I see it's, it's very similar with balls. It is. And I'm not going to lie and say, I don't follow that market. I, I try to keep, I try to, for my own, education keep up on what's cool and there are some more subtle genes that are coming up that aren't getting the attention i think they deserve like nanny's one nanny's a gene's been out for a while doesn't really seem to be gaining much market um attention i think the name has something to do with that i was talking to another <laughs> friend tonight about that it's something sexy name. about it um but it's in my opinion one of the better granite type genes and now that i'm starting to see you know a good friend of mine produced a super nanny special het clown and it's absolutely phenomenal it, it, for relatively simple combination. It's just, it, it blows the doors off any of the granite combo, granite type gene combo I've seen. And he can't get hit and no one's interested in buying that snake. He made three of them, keeping one, obviously. No, no one even interested in the rest of them. He's not asking stupid money for them. So, but then again, I did invest in acid pretty, pretty early on. I've got, mm-hmm. you know, a couple acid clutches coming this year. I did spend some real money and in, in, in invest in a quality hurricane combo animal from Nicole and, and from Nicole Kennedy and Regis. I'm not afraid to, to spend the money on the right animals, but I got to be the right animals. Exactly. You know, no. the whole trick blitz um, hurricane argument. I could care less. I have all three. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not chasing after. A stranger, beautiful animal, wonderful combinations. I ain't got that kind of money to play with it. Um, Wookie, yeah, jury's still out with that. So the, I'm following what's new and hip and what's coming down the road. I'm like a typical black ball python lackey. I watch all the JKR videos just to see what madness he's producing now. But I'm not trying to chase that that rabbit. Mm-hmm. I'm not. My checkbook isn't open every time JKR releases a video like some of these guys. Well, it makes me so. wonder too, especially like in with in balls in particular, how many of those sort of more subtle genes and stuff are getting completely overlooked because the tastemakers, as they were, are the ones pointing out the stuff that's like this is what's at the top of the top tier right now. But then there's so many other things that that no one is just they're getting completely neglected the, because the no one thinks they're I have cool enough. That. The best example I have of that is um, the red stripe clown stuff. You know, red stripes genes been out for a long time. It's very subtle in, sub- in single gene form. Even in, it's very easy to miss ID and not even really be there in some multiple gene combos. But for whatever reason, it reacts rather aggressively with clown. And red stripe was dead. They were fifteen on morph market for a hundred bucks, and then mm-hmm. JKR released the Pompeii. It started in the magma stuff. Magma is just a red stripe clown. It's a two gene combination. Everyone's got the parts to do in their collections, but never thought to put it together because red stripe is so dead. And overnight, red stripe, you couldn't buy red stripe for 1500 bucks. Single gene. Wow. And then now, then he started releasing in that same club, in the same project, the red stripe project, he produced what he called the Pompeii, which I still don't know. It's spot nose, red stripe, black pastel clown. There's a fifth one I'm missing. But he didn't tell anybody it had a black pastel in it. He made everybody guess. And he held on to the fact that it was black pastel 
another $50 jean that had been around forever that no one gave a shit about because a super has a habit of being kinked up babies. Mm-hmm. Mm. As soon as it came out, Black Pastel was what made that snake crazy. You can't give away. You, you, Black Pastels, you can't buy them. It's calmed down a little now. That was a couple yeah, of years ago. It's but, crazy. Um, that's, those are examples. There's a lot of genes like that. that they, they, they had the little splash in the pan. No one really picked up on them. Somebody like JKR or Ozzy comes out with a crazy combo that you, and it turns out that was the, the, mm-hmm. the gene that pushed over the top. And they have their day in the sun again. It's very cyclical. Hmm. So. so, what was as far as when you were first, when you decided you wanted to sort of pursue and breed balls, what were your first, what were the first morphs you were getting into and sort of pied and climb. partial to? Okay. Pied because I still remember walking into that show with my daughter and going, mm-hmm. what the hell is that? Um, so I, I bought a, um, I bought two female pieds, a, a very high white and a, what I would call medium white. Um, those were the two investment. I'm going to grow these up and, uh, see what happens. And that's when I started learning, oh, wait, this is a recessive trait shit, you know, and that those two animals forced me to really start paying attention to how genetics work and started watching some YouTube videos on genetics. Um, I, I'm not telling you, I learned all that. I still don't understand all of it, but um, it's the first two I bought, the first two I acquired were um, pieds, and then I got a single gene clown male, and then I fell into the trap that everyone falls into. Ooh, pretty, and you know, ended up with a lot of males. <laughs> There's a um, lot of options there. Yeah, uh, ended up with a lot of animals that didn't make sense. They were just pretty. Did some wheeling and dealing and trading. Um, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm not going to say I live on the barter system, but I'm not afraid to barter for something if I like it. Um, so I, I found myself in a situation where, okay, I think I'm going to try to breed. And I've got five males and three females, <laughs> you know, and none of them make any sense to have together. Um, and that's spring of 2018. And I come to that. So I've been in nearly a year before I realized I'm really going down this path wrong. Um, I catch I, I might catch some blowback for it, but you know, I was a pretty early adopter of some of the Patreon stuff. It's, it's not really uh, a no, no now, but back then the, the reptile YouTubers and reptile community people who were turning to Patreon three, four years ago were given a lot of flack. Why are you charging for this information? I looked at it as um, the professor, the professor of my college had to spend a lot of money to get that degree. I certainly, I certainly pay him to teach me how to, how to work on computers. Um, so I put it in that category and, uh, I, um, I learned a lot about simple combos and simple genetics from Matt at Olympus Reptiles. Um, I consider Matt a good friend. I've known him for over four years now, um, and have always supported him on some level that entire time. And he's done the same for me. He's been helpful for me. Um, that was, that was really key in helping me start steering the boat a little different. And, um, Learn very quickly. Don't pay attention to Facebook groups. Um, I was never one that was ever drawn drug across the coals. I, I you know, I was telling Cusco last year when he, he was talking to me about it. I, I got lucky. I never personally had to deal with any of those trolls. I, they never, I never posted something that triggered somebody or questioned my husbandry. And I never had to deal with it personally, but I saw it happen to so many people. Mm-hmm. And I just, I post pictures here and there, more of a marketing approach to Facebook. Um, I'm not very active on Facebook. I do a lot on Instagram, but, um, yeah, I've watched, so stuff. Yeah. I've tuned into some of the live streams you do on Instagram. 
Yeah. I've jumped on a few of those and watched. But so, Instagram you know, is definitely back. between the two platforms that is that is the better of the two. There's so yeah. much less well, you, static and noise. For and, sure. Exactly. You know, so it's more simple. You don't find the 13 re- response drug out drama posts about from the armchair scientists on Instagram. They don't like my picture. They're not following me. They're not going to see it anyway. Just mm-hmm. um, so yeah, no, I, I started doing research and in 2018 started making the decisions that I, I really like hide and clown stuff. And I really like Ultramel. I bought my first Ultramel in the summer of 2018. Mm-hmm. And um, I decided that I was very early on. I wanted to do Ultra Bell Clowns. Marshall Mendez beat me to it by a year, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. I got the animals to do that this year. Um, I guess it's almost two years he beat me by. But um, so yeah, I started focusing the collection, um, and then it was of all things, it was a BSR auction on Facebook that reintroduced green trees to me. Yeah. Um, I, um, I, the very first Morelia I owned was a probable wild caught farm hatched red neonate BX that I got for 200 bucks on a BSR auction. Still have her to this day. She's a beautiful animal. Uh, she was crimson red. She spent a year red and she spent a year orange mm-hmm. and now she's yellow with a little bit of green. Yeah. It's amazing how how the BX it's, do that. It's yeah, it's so slow, and you like not. It makes breeding interesting, but it it it's like it's fun, but it's also kind of frustrating at the same time because it's like you don't know what the end end result's going to be, and so you're like, right. I want to pair it up, but I don't know if it's going to end up having a little more black to it, or if it's going to retain a lot more yellow. Like it just kind of makes you zig when you should have zagged, kind of thing. <clears throat> I, it's that animal. It just it just amazes me. I've got like you know, timeline progression of her, of her color change. And, uh, she was like pumpkin orange for almost 12 months before she, t- and then almost overnight she turned yellow yeah. and she was yellow for like nine months. And now she's got, she's getting more and more green every shed, but in the right light, she still looks very yellow. And I tell people you'd never believe it, but that was a very red snake when it was born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, obviously being farm hash, I don't know her exact age, but she was, she was still, eating you know a, a fuzzy mouse was a big meal for her when i got her so she couldn't have been that old yeah but so what uh, i've hooked what, on morelli ever since yeah you know, i was gonna say trees, what, what got you into the carpets from there researching green trees researching morelia um you know i um i made all the mistakes you can make with a green tree i bought i went out and bought a glass exoterra didn't close it in didn't put some coat hanger purchase in it and a heat lamp and thought I was the shit and two <laughs> stuck sheds in a row. I realized I'm probably doing something wrong. And I don't you know, you've probably experienced this stuck shed on a neonate and green tree is a Stocks. nightmare. Yep. And I did it up to myself, two sheds in a row. And that's all it took. I was done. <laughs> I was okay. I got to figure this out because you know, even if, even if green trees hadn't turned into a success for me, can't let the animals suffer like that yeah and clearly i'm the one doing something wrong and it was honestly a facebook group i i found the um the morelia Bar- 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 um group on facebook met some connections with guys like 
um, Thaneus Botha and Ian Bissell. And mm -hmm. Ian was a huge mentor for me. The first U.S. captive born and bred green tree I bought came from Ian. And I just, I, I happily gave him my money because he was completely willing to let me ask him all the stupid questions and give me advice and show me pictures of how he kept his neonates and his sub-adults. And he's the reason green trees, I'm successful with green trees, keeping them anyway. I've not bred them yet, but keeping them. I have five very healthy, shed well, eat well, look great, good body condition, not overfed green trees. And I 100% give that credit to Ian. He was a huge mentor for me. Isn't course, it crazy? No one... It's crazy how how easy they are when they're on track and you're not having any issues. Exactly. It, to, like, nowadays, I hear someone talk about green trees are finicky and, and fragile. I'm like, you're just doing it wrong. That it's sick. Something's wrong, right? Yeah, something's wrong. And then you know, no anyone who knows Ian knows he's a fantastic salesman. So mm -hmm. yeah, I got a lot of information out of Ian, but he got a lot of my money too. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some nice. I got two nice animals. I got him, and I'm very proud to have them. Um, but um. So researching green trees, I stumbled across Bredley. Um, I did not buy the animal, but it was another BSR auction. I saw this burnt red and black, um, almost chondro looking neonate on this auction come across my Facebook ads. And I'm like, what is that? And um, I'd heard Morelia Bredley, heard, heard people, you know, read people talking about him. I knew it was a subspecies of Morelia. I knew it was from Central uh, um, Australia, but I'd never seen a picture of one. I was done. I had to have one. I went on a quest to get them. And the very next snake I acquired was a um, Lasik line captive bred, uh, obviously captive bred in America, but Lasik line female Bredley. I acquired her in, see, I got, I call her Lucy now because her name was Lucifer when I got her because you know, B-Act neonate, you know how they are. Mm -hmm. um, when it turned out to be a girl, I'd change the name to Lucy. So I got her in February of 19. And I, so yeah, fall of 19, I got my first Bradley. Uh, she was a yearling. She was, uh, um, uh, I guess, you know, it's August of 2018. I think was what her half date is. And she's already had a little bit of size. She's well taken care of. Got her from a, a local guy whose stock goes back to, to, uh, Casey direct. We got all the lineage paperwork on. I, you know, that was far enough down the rabbit hole to understand that, you know, having some of that was helpful. Um, and um, she's probably still my favorite animal. She's not my favorite personality in the collection, but if, if someone told me I can only ever have one animal forever, it'd probably be Nicole, my, my big Bradley girl. She's just, she's the one that set the hook. I was done. Yeah. It opened, it opened the rabbit hole and down I went head first. We, uh, I know I we've, have. we've talked about them plenty enough. Do people know our stance yeah. on them? Oh, yeah. Right. I know you guys love them. Um, <laughs> and then I met Casey Cannon. No. Yeah, you know no, that. That's the problem. He's bad. Yeah. He's yeah, bad. I got two animals from Casey in six weeks. And then um, then I met Nick. And then I met Riley. And now I have 26 animals in the adult room and four in quarantine. <laughs> um, I have seven species of Moralia now. Yeah, because you um, mentioned the inlands. So, are, as far as carpets go, plan you you you're planning on breeding those. Um, what are you focused on with those in particular? Anything? A year ago, I told you I was I was I was really pushing striped coastal stuff. Mm -hmm. and I still am. 
have a beautiful um, Balin Tiger, perfect, perfect expression Balin Tiger Coastal Male I got from Jason. And I have a, um, a 2017 Coastal Female that uh, is little is stripy in nature. So I'm looking forward to, to producing some striped Coastals. And that's that's cool. Um, I'll have a hard time getting rid of those if I produce them because I'm just I'm a hoarder. But um, I'm, I I kind of got the um, I, I kind of got the jungle bug a little late, a, a little late in my Morelli career, I guess. A lot of people go for black and yellow first, but mm-hmm. I invested in some um, high percentage ivory jungle stuff from Nick. I have um, I have a couple of the nicest examples of um, ivory zebras he's ever released. I have a 1.1 pair of 75% ivory blood zebras. Um, I think Brandon's going to beat me to the first shot at ivory supers, but I don't think he's going to go for it. He doesn't like supers. Um, and Nick's not planning to go for it either. So I, I that'll be interesting. I'm, I have a chance. Nick thinks it's going to be a black snake. He thinks it's going to be the black that, that, um, not black, but he thinks it's going to be a gray snake. He thinks the black is yeah. going to blend through the body. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see. I'm hoping it has. It leans more towards the lighter tone, but uh, I'm going to find out. If nothing else, I'm a nut with zebra. I have a lot of zebra, a lot of zebra. Yeah, I love zebras. Um, Supers don't do a whole lot for me, but if there was one, that I don't was like I that. Have a, that ghostly grayish color, I'd, I'd, I'd that pique my interest a little yeah. more. So that'd be, I'd be curious to see that. It would be absolutely insane if it came out white. I don't mm-hmm. expect it to. I think it's going to be some shade of gray, like a muted. But I want to see it. Yeah. I want to see it. I, yeah. I probably won't. I probably won't try to make a bunch of them. Uh, I do have a 2014 Super Zebra female that's undocumented that I rescued. Is the wrong word. I paid for, her, but I I got her through. Um, I got her through a, a friend who got her from the original. Owner. She was a pet. She was living in a in a in a uh, Christmas tree box. I have no lineage information on her, so I have no idea if Jag or anything's hiding in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if she's even pure jungle. She's the right size to be a jungle. She's not coastal big. Um, I'll probably put one of my one of my um, um, jungle males to her just to see what comes out to see if she has anything else hiding in there. But uh, I don't plan to go for a lot of super zebras. Um, but I want to see what an ivory super zebra looks like and. Um, there aren't any 100% ivory blood zebras for obvious reasons, but 75% to 75%, you know, make more 75% ivory blood, mm-hmm. have a chance for supers would be nice. That's not till next year, though. Those guys, need the, the female needs at least another year, maybe two. Um, but I've got, I've got some um, Harris German blood females, you know, documented females. Um, I have a... 100% Paul Harris proven, uh, gen- not proven, pure, as pure as you can say, you know, jungle female that's um, 2016. She's hopefully going to go for me this year. Um, I picked up a high, I'm not going to call it a melanistic project, but this is a, this, this jungle male has a lot of black on it. Um, Brandon Wheeler um, let me let me in on this, this animal when it for a hatch. And I said, I had to have it. So I've got a, it's just a hatchling. I've got a couple of years before I can figure out what's going on, but this animal is going to have more black than yellow. It's going to be gorgeous. Um, so I'm looking forward to him growing up. Yeah. That's something Rob Christian was talking about at Daytona was like with jungles, everyone focused on getting them as much yellow as possible. Yeah. No one really focused on getting as much black as possible. 
I, I I'm actually trying awesome. to have all three. Yeah. Um, Amy, my 2016 is a pretty typical jungle. She's um, a banded animal with some tipping. She's absolutely gorgeous. Pretty even amounts of black and yellow. I have um, a girl I call Twinny because she was a twin, and she is a very high yellow animal. She's not jag. She's pure. She's German blood, um, uh, German line, pure jungle female, but she's very high yellow. Mm-hmm. And then I've got this high black male that I got from Brandon. All three of those animals have lineage paperwork for. Um, I know I, they're as pure as I can prove them, to, as, I, as I can realistically expect them to be. And um, they're all three different expressions of jungle. One's high yellow, one's kind of average, and one's high black. And I'm pretty excited to see them all become adults. Is there anybody out uh, crossing that stuff to Julatans? Not that I know of. What'd you ask? Um, Is anybody out crossing that stuff to Julatans? Julatans are, I don't know, I think a lot of people are hesitant to outcross that because they're gelatin so a lot of you know most of the most of the people who have them kind of keep the locality as far as i know i haven't heard of anybody some of the pictures i've seen of birds and stuff i'm like that'd be it seems like it would be a natural fit to tie into some of the other jungle stuff but it would obviously take a couple generations to really get any real results out of it i don't have any jungle locality projects um i'd love to have gelatins and Corey martin if hers ever go, I told her I, I want to get a pair, but um, I, I've got quite a bit of coastal locality stuff, mm-hmm. but I've never really I, jungles. I kind of decided I'd play with the uh, I'd play with some variety there. Like, sure. You know, I've got the zebra. Uh, I've only got one one jag one jag animal left, and if someone made me an offer on him, I'd probably let him go. Not because he's particularly high Nero. It's just jungle jags are kind of a dead end project to me. Um, they're kind of done. They're 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 overdone, if you ask me. Yeah, I think a lot um, of people are kind of come to that conclusion at this point. Uh, I mean, I think he's it, a beautiful. I think it depends. There's still a lot of people that work with Jag, and like, I think your basic like single gene Jags are you know kind of phased out at this point. But I think everybody who's still in the morphs uses Jag extensively because it does. Yeah. see a lot of it does bring jags, out a lot. lot. Yeah, it brings out a lot of that that patterning and you know it changes up a lot of things so people who are into that morph side of things still use jag quite a bit but as far as the single gene animals not not really yeah i mean he's a particularly nice jungle jag he i got him from charlotte he's right seven and a half percent jungle blood so you know it's part it's it's her project trying to trying to get as much jungle blood into the jungle jags as possible so he's a screamer his mom was a screamer uh and he doesn't have you know any you know obvious crazy neuro stuff i'm not naive i know it's jag it's in there but mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't struggle in any way he's easy to handle he's a really good example of a jungle jag and being that high blood jungle with not having gamma blood in him at all he's a screamer um so i'm not in a rush to get rid of him but yeah. i doubt i'll ever breed him yeah i mean i'm not dude, gonna put that to my pure jungle female jungle like the jag stuff you can be so it's it's so hit or miss because there are a a lot of jags that really aren't that bad you know you do get the occasional bad yeah. egg that's just super wobbly and most of them you can notice it especially when they're you know looking for food but the old jag thing i mean it's i don't work with any personally i used to but it's i don't know a lot of people still work with them i have 
you know friends who work them with them extensively and you know it's i don't know it's not it's not as bad as a lot of people make it out to be put it that way but there, you i don't do mean to sound like it is i'm not anti-chat no 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 for I sure just, i just didn't want to sound I like i was downplaying having jags I don't have a female jungle that I would put a jungle jag to, you know what I mean? Right. Right. You know, I'm, I've got these three females that, you know, pure, pure, perf, pure females. I'm not going to sell you that with a jungle jag. If I had an undocumented coastal or an undocumented jungle female fall into my lap. Sure. Maybe. But again, I'm not trying to pay my bills with a snake room. So I'm not going after projects I'm not interested in. I'm not going to make For jungle sure. jags just to sell them. No, absolutely. And you shouldn't. So, but um, on the coastal side of things, this is why, you know, a year ago I told you I was very coastal driven because I've got I've got um, Brisbane's Rockhamptons. I've got the I got the the Balin Tiger. I do have that one, quote unquote, pure questionable lineage, but, you know, um, pure um, female. I've got that male that that coastal male from Travis Johnson. I didn't get him from Travis, um, but I have the paperwork when he was purchased from Travis. And then I got my Rockhamptons from Travis. I got the Brisbane's from, from um, Brandon Wheeler. <clears throat> I have coastal. I have coastal locality stuff, um, For sure. but I haven't. I haven't really done any of the jungle, jungle coastal jungle localities. No pop ones. I do. That's what. Those were in quarantine. That was. Um, there you go. There it is. I mentioned bartering. I, <laughs> I joked with Corey last year. I, I thought I was on some some sort of IJ um, blacklist. <laughs> I inquired. I inquired about some poplins um, two or three times last year, and didn't get a response. And I and I, then I I actually texted Nick, and the pair I wanted was sold. He just hadn't taken them off his website yet. So I'm like, great. I guess I'm just not allowed to have poplins. <laughs> um, and then um, I have a I have a pair. Um, Nick. Nick and I worked out a trade. I, I'm doing some custom 3D printing stuff for him in, in exchange for some animals. Um, he sent me um, a, uh, a male Bradley I need for my uh, hypo stonewash project. And then um, he sent me 1.1 pair of, um, of pop that he produced nice. from um, one of his um, wild caught bloodlines. They're not related. Go. They're from different parents. Back to males of 2018, 2018, he was holding back for himself, but last year he produced a nicer male. And when he offered me this one, I mean, there's a, the females of 2021, so there's a pretty big age disparity, but I could care less. Again, I'm not right. worried about breeding them tomorrow. Um, but, you know, this this male IJ, he's he's just a wild type. They're not head for anything. I don't care that I head for anything. He's the best kind, man. Big, You'd think being as big as the zebra as I am, I'd be all over granite, but I just prefer a classic poplin. Um, and he's he's kind of semi-reduced. His pattern is a little bit reduced, but I wouldn't call him, you know, crazy reduced. But his colors are just gorgeous. I can't wait for him to get out of quarantine so I can give him a nice, a nice, you know, appropriate cage and you know set him up well and get to see him do his thing. And then he sent me a you know pure you know straight neonate barely you know got it established first but it's a very young couple month old 2021 female that is um the oddest shade of her head is like bone but her body is red yeah it's gonna be interesting one to see grow up so they're fun to watch grow man like I, the, I love watching the color change from the decorns of morelia you don't <laughs> morphs 
Yeah, I yeah. I love them. I've been trying to get them for for two years, and I Nick Corey will tell you I joked. I said I think Nick has me on some kind of IJ blacklist. <laughs> no one will sell me IJs. Um, so I got them now though. I'm happy. I also picked up one of the um, um, Citrus Tiger Head Albino females oh, that yeah. Riley produced. Nice. Um, very perfect head to toe dorsal. The most ridiculous caramel slash pink slash brown color. That's going to be a fun one to walk color up to. Oh, I yeah. grabbed I grabbed the last female he had available there. That was that was money well spent. Um, how do you not have not? How do you not? have something from billy hunt yet you gotta check out billy man <laughs> um i didn't as know as, billy was as far as the stripe he, stuff man he's the he's the stripe guy i didn't know who billy was until he started coming on snakes and stogies so that i must be living under a rock i i know who he is now i i almost sent him a message on his nova guineas um it's mm. just not the right time it's not the right time to add another species right now the IJs, if it hadn't been part of that package deal I worked out to do this custom work for, for Nick, might have waited another year, too. Um, I've got a lot of infrastructure I'm working on. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not anti-tub. Ball pythons will always be in tubs. But I want my carpets in cages. I want to see them. Um, I've got a, I don't care that they don't like me. I don't care if I can't hold them. I've got, got plenty of animals I can hold. I've got plenty of animals I'd rather I not touch them. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But I, I, I want to see them. So I this has been a, a heavy infrastructure year for me. I purchased, I don't want to guess, uh, 11, 16. I've purchased 28 four foot, three, three, 36 and four foot, um, 36 inch and 48 inch cages in the last nine months. Jeez, Just nice. trying to get everything out of tubs. I don't, want, I don't want any of my carpets except quarantine stuff and yearlings. I'm not going to put a yearling carpet in a three foot cage. Right. But, you know, I don't want to have anything over two years old in the tub. That's my goal. And with a stack of black box cages behind me, I'm one step closer. So Nice. Yeah, how are you so liking those? Because you've, you've bought a handful of those. Have you gotten any I of their racks at all or just the cages? None of their racks. Um, my ball pythons are in ARS rack and a couple of sea serpent um, hatching racks. Um, and that's fine. My ball pythons, I never want ball pythons to ever outgrow that rack. They, they have their rack. They have their corner of my room. I, I care for them. I enjoy working with the genes. We talked about that, but they're never going to outgrow that rack. Um, so black box is all cages. And I came across black box, honestly, because of Lori Torini. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of them before. I've been following Lori since she got her, um, her started her Bradley and started her behavior training stuff. And she, you know, every time she'd open on the black box cage and talk about it, I was like, those are, I just love how big they were. I love how the doors are massive. I yeah. don't mind sliders, but I also don't mind the doors um, either. So I just, I just really liked the way they looked. And then, you know, with everything going on, I've got a friend just got his APK. He's been waiting 14 months for <laughs> just got it. 14 months to get a six foot cage for his berm. Um, I've got another friend who ordered a couple of custom, not custom, but they're oddball size four foots for his super dwarfs um, going on nine months. No word on when he's going to get them. 
I ordered I try these to, four black I try box to pages. Keep my mouth shut on AP stuff mm -hmm. on the on the yeah, show. Yeah, Off air, I'll go on all day. But <laughs> I ordered these four black box pages behind me on September sixteenth. They were delivered the twenty sixth. Wow. Yep. I have a four by two by two. They took three weeks. That's because I ordered it the day they moved. Oh, yeah. she messaged me a dozen times apologizing. It was taking so long. I'm like, you're you're crazy. The 11 cages I ordered before these took six months. You think I'm mad about three weeks? Mm -hmm. Take your time. Get settled. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know how they're doing it. I don't maybe it's because people are sleeping on them. I don't know. They seem like great cages. I don't have a ton of personal experience. I don't I haven't had them very long, but you can't beat their customer service. And damn, right. they were fast. The hell, the three footers came pre-assembled. Properly caught, yeah. sealed, ready to go. Light fixture hung, heat panel hung, pre pre routed for me to route my probe cable through. I mean, it's literally take it out of the box, sterilize it, and use it for no extra charge. Yep. Yeah. No. Black people are sleeping on black box. I've got my yeah. uh, my XT4 from them. That's got my Jansen eye in it, and it's awesome. I even added a UV light to that, like after the fact, because mm -hmm. we went up there and picked up a, a pretty. Decent order. Jake got some racks. I got one of the V70 racks, and I freaking love it. Like, not having to worry about sloshing my water bowl and water Dude, and stuff. Every, every time, time I close so that smooth. thing, man, it's, it's just butters. Like, and I tell Jen that yeah. all the time. I message her. And I'm like, you don't know how nice it is to be able to close a tub in a rack and not have to even, like, it all, it just glides. Like, because that I is some, exactly why I have an ARS rack. I got so tired of of yeah. subpar PVC, and I call. I'm not saying I'm saying not all PVC is created equal. I got so tired of subpar PVC. Right. Some of these companies are no longer in business, and fighting with the binding, the tubs not fitting right, the gaps being inconsistent. That I just said screw it and bought an ARS, so I can completely. If she's got a PVC product that's that's butter smooth and doesn't have those problems, she'll be very successful. Yeah. No. I. They are. They are fantastic. I've got their XR16 and a V70. The XR16, the only modification I made was I put little stoppers at the end and at the front for itty bitty colubrids. Like I'm talking like baby water snakes yeah, and yeah, yeah. little little rat snakes that can slide out of just about anything. So I put little wedges at the end and on the front to be able to just push it up at yeah. that little close bit that and close gap. that gap. Yeah. And rock and roll, man. I absolutely love them. The most consistent heat I've had in a rack in any, in any system I've had there. I absolutely love them. My my sea serpents have been bulletproof. I have no problem with that. But I'm yep. literally getting ready to throw away a 30-slot PVC hatching rack that a local that a, a semi-local guy made for me. Because in six months of using it, every shelf is warped. There are a couple of shelves I can get my thumb through the gap. It's so big. Ooh. Oh, my so yeah no pvc is wow, not created yeah. equal so if if she's got a quality product that's the gap straight consistent they glide uh I, next time i need a hashing rack i know who i'm calling check them out man because they they don't use they don't cheap out either they use the half inch pvc they don't use or, or the three PVC is solid I depends mean, on the on the model they use yeah, they, they use the thick stuff they don't use that cheap little thin stuff now it's there there is the the thin uh it's mm -hmm. what is it x pvc that's different. That's a whole different material, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, or whatever it is. But um, this, what they use is that thick, that the thick PVC, and it's it's solid, man. I love it. I've yeah, I got both my racks in white. Yeah, they're old enough. Yeah, great. this this stack of three footers, like I guess that's the XT three. 
I don't know. I don't know models. I know size. Stack of tree spurters I got. I also had her make me a wheel dolly. Yeah. And they made that. I, I don't know. She said it was three quarter inch, but looks like one inch thick to me. It's massive, thick, solid as 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 oak. Yeah. Uh, on nice heavy duty casters with ball bearings, and it's just. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, it might uh, be seventies on casters, and he got a toe kick for for. Which one? That hatchling rack or? I got a toe kick for both of them. Yeah. I now looking back, I didn't realize they had casters. I probably would have got casters if I would have thought about it. But the toe kicks, the toe kicks just look really clean. They give it that just that nice, you know, that nice look to and it. You get more stable temperatures too when those yeah, bottom, that, those lower, yeah, lower levels. For sure. So I, it's I not just prefer as, the wheels. I prefer to be able yeah, to move no, the, for sure. the wall. My yeah, room's no. a concrete slab floor. So Even I'm better. prone to just like dumping water on the concrete to help, mm -hmm. you know, humidity and whatnot. And I like being able to pull the rack away from the wall and clean. Plus, you know, come up on the winter freeze, I'm going to rearrange the room a little bit. Some lessons I learned last year so I can get the, the carpets and Bradley cooler. Move, yeah. You know, move them closer to the door. Everything's on wheels. It takes five minutes to move mm -hmm. the whole room. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I definitely absolutely. went dollar. I could appreciate toe kick. I have played the chase the mouse under the rack game. Um, but hands on wheels, just pull, the, just pull it out. I've not had yeah, no. I couldn't catch for sure. So, yeah, I probably get I probably get casters for the next next. Well, next ones I get from them are just going to be stacked. So never mind. But yeah, so. yeah. Now they're great, man. I'm a huge black box uh, fan. I tell everybody to go. To I them. I hope they're. I, I have no concerns whatsoever uh, like i said i've got one that has that that's been here for a while it's not even 100 set up yet um that's just me being lazy i had to build it these three footers they'll be set up this weekend uh, i've already i've been 3d printing um perch mounts and high hide brackets and i put four inch corrugated the, the corrugated dra drainage pipe in the cages for like a like a climbing perch and a, a hide and give them some elevation of the cages so i 3d print some brackets for those so they tube can come out easily so I, i've been mm -hmm. printing like mad so i've got everything i need i'll be putting these cages together this weekend for sure awesome get them in the room get them set up i'm i'm looking forward to it i'm i could not be happy with the way they're built yeah, they're yeah they're, i think they're definitely uh i mean sort of knowing what i know like there's there's they have some very cool things in the works so i, I think just, they they will be a force to be reckoned with I don't know how they're keeping up with that turnaround time because I know I'm not the only customer. It's not like they don't have customers. I don't know. No, they yeah, must they work twenty four seven. Yeah. Or have five CNC machines or something. It's not. Oh, they just they just Dude, got a second one. They've got a the hell of an operation going, man. When we went up there to because we actually they're about four hours from us, and it it made more sense to go pick up our order versus oh, shipping yeah. it. So we drove we drove out there and uh, man they were they were nonstop. They stopped to talk to us. And even then they had somebody else working and that machine was just rolling, man. It was throwing out, throwing out sheets of PVC, man. They're not playing. They are not playing around. Yeah, they're, I was, I'm, I'm impressed. Um, you know, check back in a week. I'll tell you how the animals like them, but I'm not expecting yeah, yeah. any problems. I mean, it's even more impressive when you consider the fact that they really, they haven't even been around that long. Like as no. far as cagey companies go, they're, they're pretty new on the scene. Um, that's good and bad. There's been a lot of new companies come and go. Unfortunately, I got burned by a couple. Uh, there was two cage companies in a row. I bought cages from both went under before I got my cages. Oh, um, Oof. I did ultimately get my money back from the one, mm -hmm. but, cool. um, 
only because he's a friend of a mutual friend and he hounded him for me. Um, otherwise, I probably wouldn't have gotten my money back. We won't go into what that was about. Um, but um, yeah, I had some bad luck on cages. I There's a local guy here that builds cages, fantastic cages. Most of the majority of the four foots I already have came from came from um, um, DW Geckos. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's a good dude. He's been he's been cool. I am um, glad to see he's back on his feet after his health issue, his mm-hmm. health care. Um, but his sizes, you know, he's 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 building cages for for geckos and yeah, yeah, and it's leopards to, and and, uh, and um, smaller uh, lizards. Stuff. Yeah, he has some larger options, but it's not his bread and butter. It's not his forte. So, um, I, I'm sure he'll continue to do well. And I send people his way all the time. Um, but, um, I just need something a little bigger. I need, and I want them all to match. I'm not going to buy, I don't want to have a room full of nine different size cages. So I, now yeah. I'm hopefully I, I found a vendor I can, I can retrofit the room with and be done. It can grow. I, with think, I think that's cause that's what I've been searching for is cause like, I'm very like weird about matching He's stuff. Very weird and, about it. Yeah, I'm super picky, and I've been looking for a company that I could get racks and cages from and have everything match and look, everything look really be nice. Well, I was really big on the tuxedo look, you know, the black face with the white sides, so the light really yeah. popped, and it was really mm-hmm. easy to light the cage. And then I realized how easy white PVC stains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, also no why I like it though, because you can see the thing. That's that's the you can see the things that you don't see on black. Yeah, and... but if it's if it's not great PVC, you can sterilize the shit out of it. You're not getting that color out. Yeah, you know. Um, so, and now, like I said, not all PVCs create equal. So I'm 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 all black cages now. I I clean well. I I I, I my I challenge you to to criticize my cleaning habits. It's kind of a, not OCD, but almost about it. I know my stuff's kept clean, but I just, this, this, the thinner PVC stains and I just, I just can't do it. Yeah, no, I can, I can, I can definitely understand that. I only have racks that are white right now, so it doesn't, they, they're not getting stained at the, at the moment. Yeah. We'll see how I feel about that when I have white cages, but yeah. Yeah. When we were picking them up from, from black box, I think, we were moving it and she was worried about one of mine getting scratched or something. And I'm the type where I'm like, it could like, if it looks good, that's awesome. But I'm like, as long as it's functional, I really don't care. And so she's like, Oh, I don't, you know, I don't, there's a, there's a scratch on the bottom of the, the caster dolly or something like that. I was like, Jen, I don't care. Right. One of the cages, one of the cages I got in UPS looks like they, they rolled it down the hill and yeah. one corner, of the bottom of the, of course, it's the bottom panel, which is, you know, sealed in at the biggest pain in the butt to change. Um, one corner, if I hadn't, if it hadn't been the first cage I ordered, I probably wouldn't even notice. It was the first cage I opened. I was like, what is this? Um, and Jan was, she was freaking out. Like, oh, you got to let me send you replacements for that. I'm like, why, why waste the plastic? You'll never, once I get these in a stack and stacked mm-hmm. up, you're never going to know. But the fact she was willing to goes along. Oh, way. yeah, man. No, they you were. Know, more but I was like, if that had been the fourth cage I opened, not the first, I probably wouldn't have even told her about it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it just, it's just so minor. So yeah. no, I'm, I'm pretty happy with him so far. I can, I mean, I could say in, in my talking with her on almost a daily basis, um, you know, that kind of stuff, really, she cares about that stuff a lot. Like she cares about the really customers. Does. If something cares about her customers, if something's like, off, big time, she's going to, 
I mean, it was as long as it's something she was not skimping not on the like, packing material either. Yeah, those yeah. those cages. You, I thought the I thought she sent me four foot cages by accident when I saw these boxes. Well, I mean, yeah, if you think about it, it's it's well. it's better to put the extra money into packaging than having to pay to ship yep. an entire new unit. Because you know, you UPS know, and FedEx don't give a damn, right? Yeah, no, I get it, and I was, um, yeah, no, I. I can't say enough. I'm happy with them. I'm I'm looking forward to ordering some more four, four foots in a couple months. Yeah, I'll be giving giving them a lot more business in the future. So, how do the uh, the two communities between ball pythons and 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 everything else sort of? How are they different, but how are they the same? Well, the same is easy. They both have their share of trolls. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think that's just social media in general, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, differ? I guess it depends on what group, you know, there are diehard morph chasing, um, world's first creating seeking Morelia guys too. Um, just like there are in the ball python. So they're, they're similar in that regard. Where they're different is with the notable exception of Nick, most of them don't try to be JKR. Most most Morelia guys don't have 300 snakes in their basement. Um, at least not, not that I've met. Most of them don't have um, animals just for the sake of having them. Mm-hmm. Like you do with ball pythons. You know, the guy's got 15 visual pied females just so he can throw anything he wants to a pied at a moment's notice. I haven't come across that in the Morelia world. But it's very common in the pied world, in the in the ball python world. You know, you've got your core animals that you just you can't have enough of. Um, the arsenal. So the mentality is different. I know more people who keep Morelia as pets than I do people who keep ball pythons as just pets. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a pretty big difference there. Um, sure. It seems to be um, a, an assumption, and I'm guilty of it too. I got my hand up. I'm a little hypocritical there, but it's the assumption that you got ball pythons, you're going to breed them. You want to sell them? Um, I don't. I think there's less of that in the Morelia world, at least that, at least that I've seen. I've not come up across. You know, look at the Green Tree forums. They're full of people just showing off their beautiful setups and their beautiful animals. And you know, um, Stephen's good about changing the header on the on the Green Tree page to someone's beautiful animal they posted. Yeah, the Morelia Veritas group has a share of drama. Yeah, the Condro Cafe, whatever they have their drama, but it's nipped in the butt a lot sooner than it is in the ball pythons. The ball python people insufferable. A lot of them a lot of them actually enjoy that shit. <laughs> and I, I I don't I don't feel that way with the Morelia people. Now I've I'll be honest with you. I've had a w I've had a run in with a with a mod on a Morelia group. Um he didn't like that I was sharing my Instagram post. He thinks uh, I guess links to outside sources are not legal in that group. Fine. Lesson learned. Don't do it anymore. So there has been a little weird stuff here and there, but other than the carpet group, what's my carpet Python, you know, five times a week. Um, I just, I think the Morelia people are, are a little more level-headed. They, they're more focused on with, with exceptions, the, the groups, the Morelia people I'm, I'm talking to a lot have, modest to average collections and they have you know small goals um and they're just not trying to have a thousand animals 
like most ball python people tried they're just all about when they're gonna buy their next rack to fill it up so probably gonna catch me flex on my ball python friends for that but (laughs) i have a different i'm not trying to pay my bills of ball python so my perspective's a little skewed Mm -hmm. well that's why like i said like talking to you and jeff and kendra where you know people who have or even dr wyman i guess for that matter too you know people who have ball pythons but then they also have other stuff it's like having only a handful of ball pythons in my life and never having two, you know, two at a time to even bother breeding them or anything like that. You know, it's like, I, I don't, it, it, that whole side of the hobby and that community is like so far removed from everything else that I do that I'm, you know, I'm so out of the loop on it that aside from the basic genes and stuff, I really couldn't tell you what half that stuff is. And so it's always interesting to hear people that are, that are sort of in both camps in a sense, and sort of how they they see things because um, they're not skewed you know one way or the other necessarily they see they see both i i get accused in my in my day-to-day life of being that guy that just tries not to make waves doesn't you know doesn't call people out when they should be called out i'm just kind of even keel go along with the flow um it's which is why it's very easy for me just okay it's not good i don't care about facebook today um but I've had a lot less stress over care of my Morelia's, my Morelia. I've had a lot less stress over odds. I've had a lot less people tell me that uh, breeding animals, that breeding combinations that can produce normals is a waste of time. And I should <laughs> just call them. Um, Jesus. Yeah, the whole mentality that, you know, a normal is useless in the ball python world really bothers me. Mm-hmm. I have two beautiful normals. Um, I love them both. They'll never go away. One got my daughter into the hobby. And one is really great for, you know, proving things out. You know, you get a weird male with some weird combos. You've got to have a normal around to figure out what's in it. Their normals have their place. If it wasn't for normal ball pythons, most of us wouldn't be in this hobby. Yeah. Because most of us wouldn't have seen them at the local Petco. Yeah. Don't get me started on Petco. I'm not, I'm not pro Petco. But if it wasn't for that small reptile shop with the normals and the pastels to get our interest in snakes a lot of the ball python people wouldn't have ball pythons mm-hmm. yet they condemn the people who make normals they condemn people who try to sell normals they they you know why are you why are you why are you wasting your time with pairings that can produce normals you know i guess i'm a lot and, like riley in that regard i i if you can't appreciate the normal version of the animal you probably shouldn't have uh, it. I, and then maybe that's uh, and i know that's like that's probably a, a very small section of that that corner of the hobby, but that's always something that's kind it's of bad. It's the one with the loudest voice. It seems like the, like with balls in particular, it's, it's removed itself sort of from the fact that we're dealing with living beings. Yeah, not all of them at all, but I have a just, lot of good friends that I've made in this hobby that are big into ball pythons um, and do it right. They do it as a business, but they appreciate the animals. They're not going to sell an animal to just anybody. They do the appropriate checks. Uh, I got a good friend in Knoxville who um, is cranking out some absolutely insane combos this year. And uh, I, I, I love talking to that guy because he's always excited about everything going on. He genuinely loves the animals. I've never heard him say a negative thing about a ball python combo or anything. He just genuinely loves them. But he's playing on a big scale. He wants to pay his bills with it. So there are plenty of people who do it that way. Mm-hmm. But that's the minority in some of these ball python groups in my opinion Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so. it's just it's crazy. You hear people talk about it, and it's like you, it's alive. It's a it's a living, living thing. Just like, yeah. just like my feeders. It's like I'm gonna make sure they have the the best life possible because they're they're bred to die. Yeah. But it's like just because it's <laughs> gonna be food at some point doesn't mean that you can't treat it or not treat it well. You know? right. it's, it's a little disturbing. I mean, you you know. We wouldn't want the cow we're getting ready to turn into our, into our steak to live in a pile of shit and, you know, have flies flying over, you know, yeah. be skinny yeah. and scrawny. You know, it's qual. you know, it's the same thing, just different scale. And I guess you even see some of that with some of the conjure stuff, you know, like the, the crazy lineage and whatnot. And like people are, it's almost like, like a financial name dropping sort of, sort of thing in a sense where it's, you know, I paid ten grand for this snake that has blood from Bob Hope, you know, twenty years ago, whatever. And I don't play on I'm that like, level with yeah. chondros. That's not why I have them. I could care less if my chondros ever breed. Doesn't mean I'm not going to try, but I could care less if they ever do. That's not why I have them. I have them because I love them. I genuinely enjoy them. And because they're my best Morelia. I never have to. I don't. I ha, I have two that are very handleable. Um, I have two that will take your face off if you open the door wrong. But um, I, I that's not why I have them. I, I have them because it's it's just a lifelong infatuation with a green snake on a stick. But that doesn't mean I'm not take care of them. You know, my adults are in two foot cubes um, with temperature zones, and um, I they all shed well. I, I try my best to take care of them, but. It, my purpose for having them is not breeding them. So I don't, I don't play. I don't, I don't chase the chase the designers. I don't chase the, I don't begrudge people who do. And I sure as hell love looking at the pictures of them. But it's not what I have. That's I told you my answer on, on my favorite Morelli would probably surprise you. Cause I am very, very, very pro green tree, but um, I no have, because I want them. Well, I they want are them. it. I don't know. I do want inlands though. Like as far as Morelia goes, like it's pretty much just going to be chondros for me. But inlands, I just I just want a pair of inlands. I got my. I have a one point one pair of Schofield Mog Cross that I got from Martin Roseman. Mm -hmm. um, they were they were born in December of last year. Um, very late season babies, so they're not quite a year old yet. And they're the only, I mean, I've never seen a baby carpet that you could just reach in and grab and they could give two shits. I mean, they just, you open the tub, they crawl out on your hand. They want to know what's going on. They look around. Uh, I told you my daughter tolerates the carpets, but she likes the balls because they're a little easier to handle. She's infatuated with these inlines. She'd have them in a room if I'd let her. I'd be worried she'd hold them without me to get away is why I don't. <laughs> they're still small. Um, but um, they, I just, I, there's no doesn't make any sense they're unless you're a rat they're the most non-aggressive animal i've ever seen in my life and they're genuinely inquisitive they just they come check you out they come and they they look at everything they crawl around they're just i agree with burke they're the perfect pet carpet and that's what's wild to me is you know he talks about and i've heard that from multiple people you know the same thing of they're they're so mellow their pictures don't ever do them justice you know they're they're borderline blue and they're just they're super mellow and it's like how come they're they're not as popular as 
jungles or any of the other stuff if they're I, that and they say smaller too you know it's they're, like, they're bigger than a jungle <laughs> but smaller than a coastal yeah um no, smaller than a, they're about the size of a coastal they're bigger than a jungle about the size of a coastal not quite as big as a big female bradley um they're cold tolerant i mean they're they're almost as bulletproof as bradley maybe are as bulletproof i can't i, I can't i haven't had them as long as i've had the, at the bradley but they're just i don't understand why they're not more popular either and I owe Corey Martin for even knowing who the what the hell inlands are. If she hadn't shown my daughter pictures of her kids holding her inlands, I'd never I'd never even given them a second look. Um, and now I, 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 I they're quickly becoming one of our favorites. My daughter asks every time we're in the snake room, she asks how they're doing, asks me to get them out every time. Um, and the only time they've ever even become the mo the slightest bit defensive was when i was waving a mouse in their face they just don't care i literally just reach in and grab them without a feet without not that a bite from a from a carpet that small right hurts, but seeing jigs no baby poplins those those yeah that's that ain't happening albino girl i got from riley she thinks she's just nine feet long and going to kill anything in her path but she'll outgrow that i know but it, but she's the same size as these as these inlands were when i got them and these guys just don't care. They've they've never done anything but be inquisitive with me, and it just it just amazes me that they're not more popular. Well, so. hopefully that'll change in the in the coming years because I think the more people talk about some of these species that are underappreciated on podcasts and YouTube and stuff, the more they'll uh, they'll get yeah. more eyeballs and ears, and people be interested enough to like with bear rats, you know, mm. that'll pique Hope enough so. interest in people. So, so, are you doing anything with colubrids though? I have a California king snake, mm. um, and I'll be honest with you, I have her because she's a garbage disposal. <laughs> um, she is. She has helped me take care of a couple of um, deformed um, baby balls. Um, she has helped me deal with some um, some extra rodents that didn't get eaten for various reasons. Um, she's pretty chill for a king snake. She's never tried. Well, I can't say never. She hasn't tried to bite me in a very long time. She doesn't musk all over me. Um, she, I have no reason not to like her. She seems to be doing okay in my room. I've never brewmated her. Um, but she's just, she's here. She's happy, healthy. I think she's happy. You know, reptiles will feel that. But um, I don't have any desire to have more king snakes. I'm a little limited on colubrids I can have in Ohio, though. Um, oh, really? Technically, I'm supposed to have a license to have hognose um, because they're rear fang venomous. I cannot keep anything native, so garter snakes are out. Okay. Um, and um, I can't have any of the controlled species, so Kribos are out. Uh, not Kribos. I mean, um, uh, Indigos? Wow, complete indigo thank you indigos are out can't have them even the license is impossible to get don't apply um i know people have them but the license is getting really hard to get um and getting them across state lines requires it requires a federal license or something i don't I, right. I began to look into it when cusco got his and i realized it was a lot of red tape i don't feel like dealing with mm -hmm. um and then i can't keep anything in ohio that's capable of being over 12 feet without a special license so that rules out scrubs that rules out um, um, mainland retics, which I'm not, not interested in. I have some super dwarfs, but I'm not interested in mainlands anyway. 
Burmese pythons. Lots of people know how to keep them without the permit, I know. But it's just another layer of red tape I don't feel like dealing with. Um, I think we were talking to the best way to Dom be, about that recently because she was saying people can't. Is it like native stuff, like rat snakes? You can't keep yeah, because now, now that they've all been like reclassified and lumped, like now you can't even keep. Uh, most I think rat, rat snakes? snakes are okay. I, I think rat, I know corn snakes are okay. I know I'm pretty sure black rat snakes are okay. I don't know about yellows, but no, um, they're not native to Ohio. Um, you see some here, but they're not considered native mm -hmm. here. Oh, because um, we were just talking to um. That's how I knew we were just talking to somebody. Ryan Dumas. He was telling us about some of the rat snakes. They I think, yeah, that might have been it. There's a type of rat snake they can't keep in Ohio. I can't remember because what it's it now is. lumped in. He would know. Like I, I I'll something. be honest with you. I have not really done a lot of looking. Um, it's uh, the all the obsoletas. I think so. Yeah, I think all the obsoletas. Really can't have anything obsoleta. Yeah, it's it's really weird. With some of the, and then obviously different areas of Ohio have different rules, you know, county level and municipality level. I live in an area where the, the, there are no real local restrictions other than what the state imposes. Um, I can also say I've never looked into rat snakes. Um, I you almost should. pulled the trigger on some bull snakes, um, and then I Ooh. started worrying about the 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 are those going to fall into a category that Ohio doesn't like? Yeah. Am I going to have to get a permit? Um, I'm not anti-legislation, but I'm also not inclined. The permit to have hog nose, it's an excuse to get 50 bucks out of me. It's all it is. It's not hard. Make a phone call. You fill out an online application, pay you 50 bucks, get it. But line two of that permit application says that you, you are, are allowing Ohio DNR to come yep. inspect your facility. No big deal. But it also says they can conduct random invest. Um, mm -hmm audits of your facility at any time with no notice yep now i've got nothing to hide there's nothing in my room to get in trouble there's nothing in my house to get in trouble we don't keep guns i've got small it's kids the concept it's the concept it's i'm the not principle looking. of it yeah i can scratch my reptile itch without letting the bureaucrats through my front door yeah so because i think that was some of the legislation they're trying to pass here i want to say that was part of the the initial write-up for that legislation that hasn't passed yet, but that was one of the parts that I think they were trying to mitigate to where they basically were saying, like, we don't have an issue with you coming and checking, but you have to give us some sort of heads up instead of now, just showing I will up at say our door. That I promise you, Dom and Ryan have looked into it way more than I do, so I would go by what they said over me in a heartbeat, mm -hmm. but I do have a very good friend who does hog noses and Found out the hard way you're supposed to have a permit, and now it's it's driving them nuts because once you once you cross that line, you get on the bad side of that list. Yeah, they are, they even though she's doing everything 100 by the book and complying with every request, they are driving her nuts to the point where she wants to leave the state over hog nose. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean I'm road. the same way. Like I don't have anything to hide, but there's something about the fact that they can just show up whenever they feel like if, it and come into my house. If and my I'm neighbor were to sell his house and the guy that buys it decide they don't like that. I have snakes next door and call the cops on me. There's nothing in my house that they can take away legally. And I'll explain to keep it that way. Showing the badass. There's no reason that just, those are registered with the FAA. Are you kidding? The FAA, the <laughs> are they really? Yeah, the drones did that to me. Did that to us. Um, oh, yeah. The FAA now has special special rules for small unmanned aircraft, and it's all 
because of the photography drones. Now, I'm not anti-drone. A lot of people use drones for photography, but there's a lot of idiots doing some stupid shit. And oddly enough, the guy who pushed that over the edge was here in Dayton. It was um, real quick. There was a guy. There was an accident on Interstate 70 outside of Dayton. Life flight was brought in. Life flight couldn't land because this jackass pulled over, pulled out his Phantom 4 he bought at the hobby store, and was trying to film the accident from the air, impeding life flight from landing. Jesus. And when the cop asked him to get out of the way, he told the cop, no, you don't control the airspace. And that was not um, the only incidence of that, but it's the one that made national news, and it's the one that the, the politicians pushed through that now small aircraft are required. To, I, I, I have a tail number from my RC helicopter. <laughs> I can't fly within five miles of an airport. I have to carry special insurance, liability insurance. So if I crash into someone's property, it's covered. Um, yeah, so that's the, the bureaucrats have enough of my attention. I don't need to worry about the snakes, too. I mean, could they not have just land, like said, screw it, we're going to land anyway. If something happens to this guy's drone, then he's out. Like, is that really going to worry about damage? The helicopter? They're more fragile than you think. Really? That 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 three pound drone going through the rotor disc would have crashed life flight. Hmm. Everyone thinks they'll just cut it up, spit it out, and the odds are it probably it might have. But they're more fragile than they think. Than you'd I mean, think. I've I've never never had much of a desire to go on in, in a helicopter ride, and especially after the Kobe Bryant thing, I really don't. But jeez. Oh, well, I've been up in helicopters. I thoroughly enjoy them. What happened to Kobe Bryant was a tragic accident. I'm not saying otherwise, but yeah, no, I don't blame that life flight pilot for not landing to that cop. The cop literally had to force the guy to land his drone, and he got arrested for it. And he got charged by the FAA for impeding. Good. I don't know if he ever went to jail, but I know he had a, at least a hefty fine. And they made it. They made the national news a couple years ago. They hung that dude out to dry. Good. Good. But it, unfortunately, it had negative ramifications on the on my hobby that are permanent. That's just like to think that if you were the reason someone died on the way to the hospital because you didn't want to land, land your, your stupid drone, like, like how. How bad and it's stupid! It's not like would he was feel? already there flying. It's not like he was at a registered air, air, you know, RC airport. He pulled over to film the accident. No better than paparazzi in my mind. Yeah, no, it's no different yeah, than yeah, so. standing there in the middle of the crash while EMS is trying to do their thing, filming it with your phone. You know, it's like, yep. <laughs> so. Oh, our species is a mystery sometimes. We really are. We really are. So do you have any plans to get into any other stuff, you know, after the, the infrastructure upgrade? I've been tempted by roughies. Um, Who hasn't? But I, I <laughs> almost wonder if that's because I would appreciate them or because I want the set. So I'm, I'm, I'm forcing myself to be mindful of that. Mm -hmm. Um, my collection at the size it's at, uh, 106 or 108, whatever it is with babies right now, is manageable for me and my daughter. But if my daughter wasn't helping me as much as she was, I don't know that I'd keep up with 100 animals and, and, and do my day job. Mm -hmm. There are times my job takes me out of town for a week at a time, doing marketing conventions and whatnot, and trade shows and um, uh, training uh, uh, training programs and whatnot. Um, so I'm trying to be mindful of what I have. Um, and I, I don't want to keep anything that I just, 
I don't want to ever become a chore to go out in the snake room. Right. So not that I think roughies would be a chore. I'm making myself wait to be sure I really want them. Mm-hmm. Not just because I want to say I have all Morelia available in the United States. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, roughies are the ultimate um, wild type. The rough scales, the the um, the the broad head with the narrow neck and the the slender body. I mean, it just I'm sure I would love them, but I'm making myself wait to be sure. I don't want to wake up in six months and go, it's cool and all, but I don't really want it. Mm-hmm. I don't really need it. So I'm waiting. Other species, yeah, that's that's tough. If I ever move out of Ohio, I, I want to get um, a Kribo. Uh, I would love a blacktail Kribo. Um, I just they're they're challenging in Ohio with the permitting system, um, and it's a space issue. You know, animal like that, you want to give a um, a nice big area. I have an eleven by twenty two foot room, and while I realize that's bigger than a lot of hobbyists. Try having 34-foot cages in 11 by 22 room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it eats up the space really fast, and the stacks end up being four and five t- racks tall. And a six, six or eight-foot cage to do a to do a, a black tail or a yellow tail correctly. Um, that's a lot of that's a lot of real estate in my current room. Now, why are those regulated? Is it because they're they're related to the indigos? It's something. And again, I, Ryan might correct me, and I would definitely take his word, but. When I was looking into when Custom got his indigos, I was looking into them because they're a controlled species on this end of the country. They're not native to Ohio, but they're still controlled on the East Coast. I believe it requires a permit to have them. Hmm. And I know you need a permit to bring them across state line. Like in California, Cusco has his because he bought them from the breeder who lives in California. It didn't cross the state line. He didn't have to have a permit. But if he were to move from California to Nevada, he'd have to get that permit to take it across state lines. It's kind of the same thing. Getting them here is the hard part. I think if I found an Ohio breeder, maybe I could have one without a permit, but I just haven't looked that far. I think you might still need a permit to keep them. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not completely it's sure odd. on that. I looked at it very briefly, and I just decided, you know what? This is this is dancing with bureaucrats I don't feel like dealing with. Yep. Well, the other problem is, is like a lot of those, those clauses and stuff are so damn vague, and they make it that way so they can mold Interpret it to whatever it sort of... Yeah, yep. yeah, and it's which interpretation helps us today. Yeah, and in my opinion, I have lived in uh, lived in a lot of areas in several different states. Ohio is one of the most corrupt states politically on this end of the country. <laughs> um, I feel like you don't ever dig very deep in any state to find it. <laughs> Uh, it's just an excuse to tax everything. My father moved through, moved across one state line, and his his, his yearly taxes went down by more than half. Ooh. You know, my property tax for my little house in, in Ohio would probably startle you. And I don't live in a hoity-toity part of town. It's insane, but we pay for taxes here. We have, you know, we have an income tax, a property tax, a sales tax, a liquor tax, a uh, smoking tax. If it's taxable, it's taxed here. You know, some states well, they'll have a big income tax, but there's no sales tax. Mm-hmm. They'll have a decent sales tax, but income tax is little. Not Ohio. Everything's maxed. And it goes up by half a percent every year. Seems like. Not really, but it seems that way. Mm-hmm. Everything is taxed in Ohio. Everything. There's nothing that doesn't have a tax on. 
That's why they all um, moved down to Hilton Head and down here. Uh, yeah, that's, that's why Ohio is well. The weather too. I mean, it does snow here, so the you know, retirement communities aren't popular in Ohio. And it's so exactly what happened. To my dad. My dad retired, and he can't. He couldn't afford his house in, in Ohio anymore. He moved to Indiana. He's living like a king. I think couldn't afford was, to live here. <laughs> there was one day I was driving around. And I, I want to say I saw like one of those oval stickers and it said Ohio, but the eye was like the South Carolina Palm and Moon. Yeah. It yeah. lives here, but they're, brain, they're harder that somewhere else. So infuriating. Yeah. I, like, I'm a pretty proud South Carolinian. And so to see that crap, I was like, I wanted to rip that sticker yeah, on the back yeah, of the car. So take this bad. bullshit out of here. <laughs> like, my state is not a sandals resort, people. <clears throat> I'm not from NASA. Ohio. I'm just, I'm a transplant. I won't live here forever, but I'm not going to be able to leave the state as long as my wife's family is here. My family all moved away. My dad went back to Indiana, but uh, my sister's in Indiana. Um, aunts and uncles in Indiana, but um, my wife's family's all here, so I'll be here for a while. Stranded. There are worse places in America to live, but just oh, financially, yeah. we have a pretty high cost of living in Ohio, and it doesn't make sense. I don't There's know nothing how... flashy about Ohio. South Carolina is the cheapest state to live in, except where we are. Where we are is insanely expensive to live. It's rent, actually not that bad by. compared to comparatively. But to, that's Hilton Head, right? Compar- that's we're, the, we're, I mean, we're we're so that's South Beaver County. We're in North Beaver County. Um, there's a sound. It's that's the same county, though, isn't it? But yes. Yeah, but yeah, I'm telling Hilton you, Head is how, its own. How, how big is the country? Twenty two miles across. Oh, it's got to be more than that, isn't it? It's a lot more than that. You work yeah. for him, you know. I don't know exactly the miles, but it's 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 to get it's, from one side one to the, the other. It takes biggest counties in the state. Yeah, it's a it's a large wow. county um, compared to. It's also a coastal county with a lot of beaches, a lot of retirement, yeah. and a lot of private islands and all that stuff and it's i don't know it's just, not it's not cheap to live here dude. i don't know how the people in like new york and california do it man oh yeah no that's like, all other i hear how much some friends make in california and i'm like dude if you were making that here you'd be living like a freaking king it's unbelievable yeah. i can't imagine it's like i said ohio isn't the most expensive but it's it's up there i mean obviously hilton head's probably more New York City is definitely more, but Ohio is more expensive than upstate New York. Ohio is more expensive than uh, most places in Jersey. Uh, oh. A lot of places in Maryland, a lot of places in Virginia, Ohio is cheaper, is more expensive. It's it's kind of crazy. And I don't get it. There's nothing fancy here at all. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Football Hall of Fame do not justify the state. So <laughs> So I don't know. I don't get it, but they, it is. It's it's crazy. All the states around us, uh, their cost of living is a fraction of, of what we pay. Wouldn't the football hall of fame just be nothing but a bunch of plaques for Tom Brady at this point? Ha ah, ha! No, no. Not your no, precious Aaron Rodgers. F Tom Brady. Is he even your quarterback anymore? Yes, he's still my quarterback. Wasn't he going through like some sort of mental breakdown or something recently, where he looked like a uh, damn hobo? Can we so? Not- my wife is no. my wife is originally from West Virginia, but she spent most of her formative years in Tampa. So um, she's always kind of quietly rooted for for the Buccaneers. Yeah, um, last then, year was painful. And they won a me. Super Bowl. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, last year was very painful for me. The Bucks, the Bucks got a whole lot more fans. Oh, how many people changed their tunes? They traded in their I Patriots gear. My for... wife has rooted for them her whole life. But <laughs> yeah, like, no, that that's yeah, honest. Last yeah, year was that's... painful for me. Yeah, it's but... all we, it's all I heard for seven months. Uh, I'm not even a huge football guy, but it's. I'm a big football for fan. him to leave New England like that and then just go and dominate in Tampa just made me laugh because it's like everyone was like, it's not just Brady, it's the Patriots overall, it's Belichick. It's like, eh, see how old, old Cam works out for you there, yeah. Well, right, yeah, he's not there anymore. If that doesn't solidify that that Brady is legitimately one of the greatest of all time, I know nobody can deny he's the greatest of all time, but he also walked into a very good Buccaneers team. Like that, it is more than it is definitely more than core. I'm not getting. I just find it no, funny that, get, that everyone talks about how it's not just Brady, it's the Patriots and that whole team and management. And then uh, it's like, okay, well, he left, and what happened? You guys didn't go to the Super Bowl for the first time in like ten years. They didn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> is Green Bay ever you know, made? They won that pennant like eleven years straight. A lot of they times. Didn't even go to the playoffs. In the last forty years, almost every year. Pretty actually every year we've got we went to the playoffs every year except once for like the last ten years, dude. Maybe if Aaron Rodgers wasn't so focused on the State Farm commercials, he would. Uh... I mean, he was NFL MVP of the year last year. Yeah, so maybe you, you should know. shut your. How face. many rings does he have? It doesn't matter. Look at his stats. Look at his I numbers. literally they like beat, when it comes to that stuff. Aaron so Rodgers' cool, so stats and numbers beat Tom Brady's in almost every single aspect. Don't don't yeah, give me started. People think on this. LeBron's better right, than Jordan. Right. Listen, the only reason I know Aaron Rodgers was MVP last year is my wife was pissed Tom Brady wasn't. So, <laughs> Probably because that's the first Aaron year Rodgers. and how long that he the, hasn't been. The deserving quarterback definitely got mm. MVP. So just throwing that out there. I have no opinion on that. Well, on that note, where can people find you if they want to follow you and all your endeavors? Uh, well, um, I'm on Facebook, but that's probably not the best way to find me. Um, Instagram, Heli Guy Serpents, all one word. Um, I my, I'm on there with my personal account, but it's all helicopter stuff. If you look for reptiles, it's all Heli Guy Serpents. Um, um, my website, heliguyserpents.com. Um, I use the website to post like, you know, uh, pairings and clutch data. Um, oh, cool. I do sell animals through my website. I was one of the I was one of the early to be struck down by PayPal. So um, I oh, really? everything through my website. Um, I do e-commerce as my day job, so it comes naturally to me. So I have a full-featured payment gateway. Um, you can buy on my website just like Amazon. It's just as secure as Amazon. Um, so I run all sales through there. I got nothing really available right now, but they're all there. Um, but there's a there's a, my email address is on the website. My I think my phone number, my cell phone number is even on my Facebook page. I don't care. If I don't know who you are, if I'm not, if I'm busy, I just want to answer the text. Zuckerberg already um, knows everything about you. He needs to know. So, <laughs> right. He probably knows your blood type at this point. But I'm always open to talk snakes, and I'm always open to talk about you know my opinions on certain aspects of the hobby. So, I'm sure I've you know nobody knows nobody in the ball python world who means anything knows who i am anyway so it doesn't really matter but if anybody <laughs> doesn't like my opinions of ball pythons they're welcome to reach out we can talk about it i'm a big boy i'm willing to discuss I'm not naive enough to think that my way is the only way but awesome instagram is probably the easiest yeah awesome man so much more pleasant on instagram 
He really is. It's a better place. It's better because you can, if you just want to see snakes and stuff, then you follow all the accounts that just have snakes and stuff. Which is what I'm in this for. I want to see. Yeah. I, I want to see snakes, and I want to hear about people's successes. I want to congratulate them for doing things, and um, it, it really, I really want to be the be a part of the positive side of the community. So, and Instagram definitely does that easier than Facebook. Absolutely. And I don't understand TikTok. I have a TikTok account. Yeah. I'm one of the only five people following me. I posted like three <laughs> videos on TikTok. I just don't get it. I never, I never really connected. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm too much of a boomer. I'm too I old. Was, I was very hesitant to, to, to join it. But then after a while, my buddy started sending me videos that weren't like kids lip syncing stupid songs. And it was actually like yeah. either really funny stuff or like really actually interesting content. Um, there's one on there that's like this guy that does, he looks at cadavers and like human anatomy uh, and shows mm -hmm. you like all the different parts of like, you know, the inside of human bodies and stuff like that. It's really cool. So stuff like that. I, like I must be liking stuff. the wrong stuff because my, my TikTok feed is full of people lip syncing comedian routines. So I must be liking the wrong shit. <laughs> it does see, it does, it does track very, very closely. Like if you start paying attention to certain things you start seeing more of that so you kind of have to like break the chain and veer off yeah. into something else so. well maybe one day i'll care enough i don't do i don't do i literally like i have my buddy he's my my best friend always sends me like tiktok videos because he's big in the tiktok and like i used to just click it and it would take me to a link in safari and it would play the video but I guess TikTok did something to where like I couldn't hear any of the videos he was sending me. I could see them, but there was no sound to any of it. And he was like, dude, quit. audio, you can't download Oh, audio. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he was like, dude, quit being a bitch and just download TikTok. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, fine. So I made one just so I could watch what he sends me, but I've never, like, scrolled through it. I don't know how to use it. I don't know how it works. I just have it for people that send me TikToks so I can watch their videos. So... Yeah, I follow P Palmetto Coast. I follow Corey Martin, and I follow um, uh, Crabtree because he's local to me, and that's it. That's the only people I follow on TikTok. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah, well, man. we appreciate you coming yeah, on. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate letting me ramble for an hour and a half. Yeah, um, man. We, we uh, you know, there were lots of things we we didn't get to, but there's you can always talk about those things offline. Oh yeah, man! That a lot just of gives us an excuse to do another episode at some point down the road. There you go. Maybe I'll have some success with the carpets this year, and we can talk about that. There yeah, you go, man. Hopefully. So, this will be my first real shot at them. I don't count last year. I had one one female ready, and the male was too young. But it was it was nice practice. The cycling practice was good. Yeah. This year, sure. this year is my first real shot, and I'm looking forward to it. Good deal, man. So, well, we hope you are successful. Yes. I appreciate. Awesome, man. Oh, I appreciate man. you coming on, brother. Have a good evening, everybody. All right. Good night. Night. Good night. Uh, Steve Snakeshuary. Also, make sure you check him out. Venom Hot Sauces. Uh, follow us, the Herpeticulture Network, Herpeticulture Magazine, Longleaf Reptilia, Palmetto Coast Exotics, Heli Guy Serpents, all that good stuff. We will see y'all Monday for Snakes and Stogies 80 or 90. Three. Four is it ninety three? Somewhere in there. Low ninety two just came out on that. your pet podcast. Okay, ninety three then. Zing.
Somebody here pays so, attention. That's right. Someone's keeping track. I can't anymore. So. All right, y'all. We will see everyone later. Good night.